0: Good evening. The makers of the new Rinso bring you the Amos and Andy Show with their guest tonight, the star of stage and screen, Mr. Walter Houston. trouble is nothing new to Amos and Andy or their friends. They're usually able to cope with almost anything that comes along. However, today, George Stevens, the kingfish, seems to have run into a little extra trouble, which appears to be more than he can handle. Right now, he is in the office at the lodge hall trying to explain it to Amos and Andy. No,
1: boys, I tell you, I, I don't want to sit down. I'm not too nervous. I'm too nervous. Yeah, you sure is trembling. All oh, right. I take it easy, kingfish. I can't, boys. I jammed up. I'm really in a mess. Oh, I, I tell you, I'm being sued. Uh, what is he being sued for? Yeah, and who is doing it? I'm being sued by a fellow by the name of Nifty Jackson, and for no reason at all. I was just exercising my rights as a citizen of the United States of America to use freedom of speech. Yeah, I, I, I call him a crook, a loafer, a swindler, and a bum, and the man is suing <laughs> uh, A crook, a loafer, a swindler, and a bum? Yeah, do the Constitution allow you to say that? Well, there's uh, freedom of speech, they are four freedoms and all that stuff. Yeah, I only called him four. Uh, that's right. Yeah, if I'd have called him a thief on top of that, that made five freedoms, then the man got a kiss against me. See?
2: <laughs> oh, that's a dangerous thing to do. Uh, when did you do it?
1: Oh, uh, here's the whole story. A few weeks ago, I wrote this fellow, Nifty Jackson, a letter. Now, in the letter, I called him those names. And now he's suing me for $1,000. He claimed I done smirched up his reputation. Oh, that nifty Jackson didn't have a thousand dollars worth of reputation to smirch up.
2: Yeah, well, that ain't what counts. Uh, Tell me, Kingfish, uh, how is you going to handle the case? By getting
1: a lawyer. Oh, I going to see the alley lawyer that hangs around back of the jail. I going to see him. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jerry. He charges big money before he's going to give you any advice. Where are you going to get the dough to pay him? Brother Ender, I think I got a great idea for that. I is going home now and see the little woman. Honey, your engagement ring don't sparkle like it order.
3: Well, what's the matter with that ring?
1: Oh, that diamond used to look like the 20th Century Limited coming in at night. Now look at it, not a twinkle in the thing.
2: That's a beautiful diamond,
1: though, George. Yeah, but the thing needs cleaning. Let me look at that. Yeah, look at it. That. That, that. that thing needs... Give me that ring. I'll take it over to the jeweler, and I'll have him give that a good cleaning. I want my wife to sparkle like other women sparkle. There's nothing sloppier looking than dirty diamonds.
3: <laughs>
1: now, look here, Honest Joe. You ought to give me more than $15 on that stone.
0: That's the top price, Kingfish. You see, the way we figures is on the color of them. Blue white stones is worth the most, the plain white ones is fair, the yellow ones ain't so
4: good. Mm hmm. Oh, uh, yellow bad, huh? Mm hmm. Oh, uh, what color would you say this one is? Well, Kingfish in the trade, this is what we call a jaundice diamond. <laughs> A uh, yellow,
0: huh? Yellow and cloudy. <laughs> Even a yellow diamond, you're supposed to see the daylight through it. fact, this kingfish, looking at this again, I see it's muddy too. Oh, give me the fifteen dollars. Just give me the fifteen dollars.
3: Okay. Now,
1: now look uh, uh, here. Here, here, you Here's what I want you to do on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You, you take the stone out of the ring. Now, here is a rhinestone that I got at the five and ten cents store. Put this in place of it. And I'll take it home to the little woman and put it back where it was. Oh. All right, I'll make the switch for you. Uh, tell me this, uh, you think that my wife will notice the difference?
0: Well, if she does, it's only because the rhinestone looks better than the diamond. Well, King Feast is your
4: lawyer. There's two ways you can settle this case. Oh, what is it? Well, the first is to pay the man the thousand dollars. I like the second way better. (laughs) Well, I ain't told you what the second way is yet. Yeah, well, whatever it is, I know I gonna like it better. Well, the second way is the result of some pretty heavy studying. I skimmed over several similar cases, looked over the whole legal aspect of the case. And it is my personal opinion as an attorney... That there is a way that can't fail. Now you talking. Now, now what is that? Tell me that. Well, scare the pants off the other lawyer. Scare him so bad that he'll drop the suit against you. Put fear in him. F W E R Fear.
3: <laughs>
1: well, now, I don't know about that. Though. That's going to take a lot of thought and time. Uh,
4: there's nothing else I could do, huh? Well, there is a third way. Oh, uh, what's that? Uh, the third way ain't included in the $15. Oh, I see, uh, the money that I have paid you only includes two ways. Yeah, it runs approximately seven dollars and a half a week. Yeah. <laughs> you see, the reason the third way it runs into extra money is because it's all postgraduate stuff. Mm. Stuff I done learned after my diploma was framed and on the wall and everything. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I just can't afford it though. Uh, but you know, come to think of it, that
1: second way ain't bad at all. Put fear in the other lawyer. Yeah, that's just what I'm going to do. What took you so long, Kingfish? Well, after I went over to the pawn shop, I had to sneak back into my house without my wife seeing me and put the phony ring back in the jewel box where she keep it. And then I went to see the alley lawyer, see. Oh, yeah. Well, what did the alley lawyer tell you? Yeah, well, my alley lawyer told me to put fear in the man. Yeah, you know, people are more scared of fear than anything. Yeah. Well, how are you going to do it? Now, look here. Yeah, when I meet Snifty Jackson's lawyer, I'm supposed to make him think that I am tough. A cold blooded, mean, tough guy. I'm mm-hmm. supposed to make him think that if they don't drop that case against me, I'll be able to beat them both up. Uh, when do you start this one man reign of terror? i starts start raining right away. It, it, it just happens, Andy, that Mr. Jackson's lawyer, a man by the name of Mr. Nelson, called me up, and he wants to meet me at 4 o'clock this afternoon to see if I want to settle. That is when I'm going to show him how tough I am. Yeah, well, how can you make a man scared of you? Oh, it's going to be a cinch, Andy. i tell you what i going to do. Oh, wait a, minute, wait a minute. Here's my man now. Come in here, lightning.
2: Uh, what well, if you want to see me, about, Brother King, please,
1: uh, Lightning, for certain reasons, I want to be a tough guy. I want you to find me a man that will let me punch him in the nose, and I'll give him two dollars for it.
2: I'll let you punch me in the nose for two dollars.
1: No, Lightning, I gotta leave friendship out of this. <laughs> give me a total stranger, a nice size fella. Can you do it? Yeah, I offer. Now, good. Now, here's what I want you to do. Uh, Lightning, you know where Sam's lunchroom is? Yeah, I offer. I'll be there at 4.30 on the dot, me, Andy, and a lawyer. I am. Now, we'll sit down so there'll be an empty stool next to me. Tell the man to sit down next to me on the empty stool and order a hamburger and have him say with pickles, onions, and mustard. I'll know it's him when I hear them words, and I'll pick a fight with him, and I'll punch him in the nose.
2: Yeah, so I'll get busy on it right now, and I'll have the man at the lunchroom at 4.30 sharp.
4: Okay, Lightning.
1: Well, I sure hope everything worked out alright, Kingfish. Oh, it can't miss, Brother Andy. The whole idea is foolproof. Punching the guy in the nose, scaring the pants off the other lawyer, hocking my wife's diamond. By well, Andy, within a year, I bet they'll be teaching this stuff in every law school in the country.
2: Sam's lunchroom. Is that man sitting at the counter by the name of Kingfish Stevens?
5: No, ain't nobody here now. All the stools are empty. And
2: I said, well, I was supposed to uh, have a man there for him at 4:30 sharp, but I couldn't find one for him today. But I'm sure I'll have one there for him tomorrow. <laughs> well, I tell you what I'll do. Uh, I'll call up the Kingfish in about five minutes.
5: Okay. Uh, go right on in, Mr. Nelson. Right on in there. Well, I don't know why we're going into this lunchroom. I don't want anything to eat.
1: It won't take long. Uh, I'll sit on the end stool here, Kingfish. Mr. Nelson, you sit next to me, and All Kingfish, right. you sit down there. Uh, could we have two hamburgers, Sam? Okay. Uh, excuse me. I'll lean down here and tie my shoe. Uh, you know, Mr. Nelson, this Kingfish is a tough guy. Anybody makes him mad or cross him, he's a fighter from the word go. Uh, what are you fellas talking about? ha. Ha,
3: ha, ha. Uh
1: just feeling my muscle in my right arm here. gotta have this sleeve made bigger. Uh oh. Here we go. Uh, <clears throat> uh well uh, look at there. There's a fellow sitting next to Kingfish. What
2: do you have?
1: Uh one hamburger, please. One hamburger? Oh, uh put some pickle and onions and mustard on it for me, will you? Well, Andy, we're right on schedule. Here I go. Uh... Say, bud, uh will you pass me that salt up here in front of us? Sure. Here you
2: are pass
1: the pepper too. Okay, here it is. Uh, pass the ketchup. Ketchup? I don't see any ketchup. Listen, I done took just about enough from you. Stand up.
3: <laughs> uh, watch
1: this, Mr. Nelson. Watch. What's the matter? Uh, put up your deuce. I'll show you what's the matter. Take this. Here. Oh. oh. <laughs>
2: Look, Andy, the kingfish is opening his eyes now.
1: Oh, me. Where is I?
2: We brought you over here to your office, kingfish. You was laying on the sofa.
1: Oh, me. Every bone in my body aches. See if you can open that left eye of yours, kingfish. <laughs> Who was that fella that I got into fight with? Well, he seemed to be a pretty nice fellow. He even helped us pick you off the floor and carry you over here. Oh, what did you put on my nose, boys? Uh, We didn't put nothing on there. You mean that what I feel there is all nose? (laughs) Every inch of it.
2: Uh, Here, Kingfish, here's a piece of beefsteak I got you for your eye. Let's put it right on there now. That'll help take the swelling down.
1: Oh, me. I still could have licked that fella if it'd been a fair face. (laughs) Well, what wasn't fair about it? He was a head shorter than you was. Yeah, well, 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 that's where he had advantage of me. You see, I had my arm up guarding myself like this, and he was so short that he got under my guard, and before I could get him from under there, I was on the floor. (laughs) Well, Kingfish, that whole plan of yours was a flop.
2: What is he going to do about the lawsuit now, Kingfish? Listen, boys, the alley lawyer has got a
1: third way how that I can handle the whole thing with the judge. But he won't tell me unless I give him $5 extra in advance.
2: Well, I just ain't got it, King Fee.
1: Yeah, and I is flat broke. I gotta get $5 somewhere to find out how to handle this kids. Listen, Emma, i tell you what you do. Go over to my wife. She's got some money that she's gonna give the landlord today. Ask her to let me have $5 of that.
2: All right, I'll go over there and see what I can do. <clears throat> Well, you see, that's the whole story, Sapphire. The kingfish needs the money to pay a lawyer.
5: Well, I ain't got it, Amos. I already paid the landlord the rent this morning. And another thing, I ain't seen the kingfish. Where is he at? He didn't come home last night. Oh, he's
2: all right. Uh, he was uh, sort of stretched out on the sofa resting when I left him. Uh, he's been mixed up in a lot of things here lately. Well, is he well? Is he eating? Oh, yeah, he's eating already. A uh, fact is, the last time I see him, he had his eye on a steak.
5: <laughs> well, Amos, I'd like to give him the five, but I just ain't got it. Wait a minute. I know what I'll do.
2: Oh, has he got an
5: idea? Amos, is at a time like this that a wife has got to stick by her husband, no matter what the cost of the sacrifice is. I is gonna raise the money for that lawyer.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. How is he gonna do it?
5: I've gone out and pawned my diamond engagement ring.
0: It's been a busy morning in Judge Houston's court where the Kingfish will appear later in the afternoon. But right now, before the Kingfish's case comes up, the judge is concluding another case just prior to his noon recess.
5: Motion for a new trial denied. James Edward Farrington, you as defendant in this case are entitled to no sympathy from this court. The crime for which you were originally brought here is insignificant compared to your attempt to alter the opinion of a court of justice through bribery. Sentence just imposed upon you for attempted bribery is extremely severe. Let it stand as a lesson to those who are of the belief that judges and juries can be bought and sold like commodities in a public market. The judicial system of this country has built up a reputation for honesty and integrity over a period of many years. And as judge of this court, I am going to do everything in my power to do my part in preserving that reputation. Bailiff, take the prisoner away. Be a recess for lunch. Court will reconvene at 2.30. Are you going to lunch, Judge Houston? No, I'm just going to have a glass of milk. This last case has upset me somewhat. I have a little headache. I think I'll go over to the park and sit down on a bench and get a little fresh air. There's nothing that infuriates me like a man trying to bribe somebody. (laughs)
1: Well, let's sit down on this park bench here, Brother Andy. Yeah, you got about 45 minutes before you got to go to court. Yeah, I was all prepared, though. Like I told you, the alley lawyer told me all that stuff, how to handle Judge Houston. You know, he's the judge that's going to handle my case. Tell me this. How did you raise that $5 to pay the alley lawyer? Oh, one of the brothers at the large oil in the it. Oh, I was all set to take care of this Judge Houston. I got the box of cigars on my arm, a couple of bucks in my pocket. Do
5: one of your men have a match? Oh, uh,
1: uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Uh, I think I got one here. Uh.
5: Mm, thank you very much. There, there. Thank you. Mind if I sit down here?
1: Oh, no, uh, no, uh, move over there. Yeah.
4: Where are you boys
5: from?
1: Uh, we live up around 125th Street. Uh, yes, yeah, sir. Uh, my friend here, the Kingfish, is waiting to go in the coat over there. Yeah, going over to Judge Houston's coat. Oh, is that so? <laughs> mm, ain't gonna take long, though, I guess. No, uh, it ain't going to take as long, because I knew uh, exactly how to handle that, Judge.
5: No, you do? No. Oh, well, how do you handle Judge Houston?
1: Well, first of all, uh, i got a box of cigars. Yeah, I'm going to slip him damn little bribery stuff, you know, that's what I'm
3: going to do. <laughs> and
1: only five-cent cigars, too. Plenty good enough for him.
5: <laughs> <laughs> five-cent cigars, huh? I suppose you saved the ten-cent ones for the Supreme Court cases, huh?
1: Oh, sure, yeah. And another thing, if the cigars don't work, why, we got a few bucks in cash for the judge.
5: Mm-hmm. You mean to say that a judge, uh, let's say, for instance, this Judge Houston can be bought? Well, I wouldn't go so far as to say that he can be bought, but he certainly can be rented, I know. That.
2: <laughs>
5: oh, yeah, yeah. These days you can get to them. Well, that's very, very interesting. Tell me more. How would you, uh... Well, how would you reach Judge Houston?
1: Oh, that ain't hard at all. Judge Houston reaches awful easy. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: yeah our lawyer told us all about how to handle it. Well, uh, Judge Houston ain't no more to
5: us than nobody else is. He's just as crooked as the others, you know.
3: <laughs>
1: oh,
5: this uh, Judge Houston is a crooked judge, Jeremy.
1: Oh, yeah, So He stuffed his own ballot boxes. That's how Judge Houston got elected, yeah.
5: <laughs> the man is
1: crooked as a snake. You know, he wears one of them long black gowns in the court, they tell us. Somebody hand him a box of cigars, a couple pounds of steak, a few dollars. All I got to do is shove it under that gown. Ain't nobody going to see it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I see. That's uh,
5: that's what those gowns are for. They sort of make things uh, disappear.
3: No. Oh, you
1: know to it when you get a judge like Houston, I tell you.
5: Well, I still don't see how you expect to do something like that in a court.
1: Oh, as a sense, the most important thing is, uh, wait a minute, look, uh, I'll show sure you just how we work it, uh, just how we bribe the judge.
5: Yes, I'm glad to know these things.
1: Uh, well, now, now, let's suppose that this is the courtroom right here, and we'll use this bench we're sitting on here uh, for the judge's bench. Uh, Andy, you can just stand here and kind of watch this thing. Now, you Mister, uh, uh, can you make believe you was Judge Houston?
5: Well, that shouldn't be too hard.
1: Uh, okay, then, now, uh, the trial is just started. Uh, well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh... Uh, you got to get on the stand, Kingfish.
5: Yeah, all right, Mister.
1: Uh, you play like you Judge user. Now you ask me to get on the stand. My name is George Kingfish Stevens.
5: All right. Will the defendant George Kingfish Stevens please take the stand? Yeah. Now, uh, wait. Don't take the thing too serious, there. Now,
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: After all, we just talking the thing over here, Mister. Oh. Yes. Now, now, I was in the chair on the witness stand. Now, I leans over to you and I say, uh, hiya, Judge. Then I say to you, listen, Houston old boy, uh, can I come behind the bench there and speak to you private, confidential, and under your hat? Now, as the, the judge, uh, you say something back to me, you know.
5: Anything you have to say to me, you can say it to this court. Yeah, I said, oh, wait a minute, Mr. you can't talk that
1: way. Just a minute. Look here. You see, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to show you something. Now, you were supposed to act like uh, you were Judge Houston. I don't think you get the idea of what we're trying to do here. No, no. You don't get the idea, mister. Uh, so Now, be more natural. Now, look, uh, I'm going to say to you here now, I say, now, I'm right, on the witness stand and, and, and you sitting on the judge's bench, I say to you, I say, Judge, old boy, <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh,
5: Judge, I
1: got a little package here for you.
5: Now, give me an answer to that, and I'll show you. Any package that you have that has any bearing on this case can be opened in front of the court. Yeah, well, you see, Judge? Oh, wait a minute, Mother. wait a minute. <laughs>
3: oh,
5: uh, Mother, you can't talk that way. But there again, I feel that that's what a judge might say. You do, huh? Oh, I see someone coming for me. It looks like I might have to be running along. Well, I'll see you again soon. Yes, we may meet again very soon. Excuse me a second. I hate to bother you, but there's a long-distance call, and the operator says it's person-to-person. For you, Judge Houston. All right, I'll take it. Goodbye, boys. (laughs) And,
3: uh... (laughs) What?
1: Oh. You remember the man that was sitting here on the bench with us? Yeah. Remember the man that walked up to him? Yeah. Uh-huh. When he walked up to him, think now, Ender. Did he call him... No, I ain't going to even ask you that, called I <laughs> That, that, that's a, that'd be a seven million to one shot. <laughs>
3: that's the
1: biggest coincidence that ever happened in the world. Yeah. Now, look at it. The man was sitting here. Right. Uh, now, another man walked up to him. Ain't no question about that. You heard every word he said, ain't you? Yeah. When he walked up and told him about the long distance telephone... Did he call him something that started out with the letter H? Yeah. Now, listen, Andy, Think good. Pull all your brains together in one lump.
3: <laughs> I'm going to ask
1: you something. Did he call him...
4: Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs>
5: so I say, in the case of Nifty Jackson versus Kingfish Stevens, the plaintiff has shown no evidence of libel. A mere letter mailed in a sealed envelope to the plaintiff does not constitute libel in the eyes of the law. The case is dismissed. Before I adjourn court, I would like to say something purely for the benefit of the defendant. A black robe worn by a jurist is a symbol of justice. It is never worn to hide anything. Court adjourned.
3: And, Brother Andy, where is
1: your Andy, come over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Andy, it's over, Brother Andy. It's over. Put it there. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to tell you something, King face. I want to tell you that Judge Houston's show was fair with you. Oh, I say it was fair, Andy. I ain't never been this scared before in my life. After what we done said to him in the park. Yeah. Oh, this has been a great lesson to me, Brother Andy. I ain't never going to do nothing again that will get me in trouble with the law. My skirts is clean, and, boy, i I going to keep them that way. Yeah, well, put it there. Put yeah, it there. put it there. Come on, let's get out of here. Yeah, uh, pardon me
5: just a minute. Are you George Stevens, the uh, kingfish? Oh, yeah. So that's right? George
1: Stevens, uh, what do you want to do, take my picture or something for the newspaper? No, I have a warrant here for your arrest. A lady is having you arrested for pawning the stone out of her diamond ring. Wait a minute, that ain't no lady. That's my wife. <laughs>
0: Be sure to be with us again next Friday evening at this same time when the makers of Rinso again bring you The Amos and Andy Show, at which time Amos and Andy will have as their guest the fine picture actor Mr. Franklin Pangborn. Meantime, this is Harlow Wilcox speaking for all of us, thanking Walter Houston for appearing with us tonight and bidding all of you a pleasant good night.